Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for Cover 2 Broncos. Just a couple dudes breaking down scheme, film, and the numbers. Now, your hosts, Joe Rowles. Welcome back to another episode of Cover 2 Broncos. My name is Rowles, and today I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, ESPN insider, former Jets general manager, and Dolphins executive vice president, Mike Tannenbaum. Thank you so much for joining me. Great to be with you, Joe. Good afternoon. How you doing? I'm doing really good. I'm pretty excited. Uh, I don't normally get nervous before I do these, but I definitely am a little nervous for this one, so it's really cool to get to talk to you. I'm really, really grateful for the opportunity to kind of hear your perspective on the Broncos and their head coaching search. Because, first of all, the Broncos recently fired Vic Fangio after three seasons in a 1930 record. George Payton in his press conference on Monday said that he was, quote, the best coach I've ever been around and said his attention to detail, his toughness, his work ethic, and his football mind is unparalleled. So as a, as a fan and for the fans, I just kind of want to ask from your perspective, why would a GM move on from a coach but at the same time still believe that, if that makes sense? Yep. So a couple of things. I think it just speaks to who uh, George is as a person. You know, George is really well regarded in the NFL. He's a classy guy. 
and I'm sure he was very earnest in what he said. Um, with all those things being true, and I know Coach Fangio from over the years, those things can all be true, and it's time for a change because we're in the ultimate results-oriented business, and the results just weren't there. So sometimes it's just not the right time. Sometimes it's a number of things that are in the coach's control, and can't at least I'm not worried, given all the injuries and uh, instability they have at the quarterback position. But those things could be said in a very earnest way. And the other thing it does, which, again, I think they'll have no problem getting a qualified candidate because of George's um, excellence and the person he is, which is other people are going to look at that and say, like, that's how you treat And that matters in terms of, like, the benefit of the doubt and breaking ties. And, you know, qualified candidate has two opportunities. That makes sense. And that's definitely one of those things that in the fallout kind of of what's going on in Miami and hearing some of the thoughts from – uh, insiders talking about how coaching candidates are viewing Miami because of that. The way uh, George Payton did kind of handle the presser at the end on Monday was, I thought it was reassuring. And I, I do hope that that kind of helps the Broncos moving forward. The Broncos have gone on to line up interviews with nine candidates. As we're recording this uh, chiefs, offensive coordinator, Eric B uh, Cowboys, defensive coordinator and Atlanta Falcons, former head coach, uh, Dan Quinn. Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, Patriots inside linebacker coach Gerard Mayo, Cowboys offensive coordinator uh, Kellen Moore, Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, and Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn. Uh, knowing that list, what do you think that the Broncos should be looking for in the head coach? And does anybody jump out at you from that list that really fits that? Yeah, there's a number of great candidates on that list. I know a bunch of them uh, work with Dan Quinn, uh, Kevin O'Connell, and Aaron Glenn both played for me. Um, there's a lot of really, really good candidates on that list. They're, they're, we'll get an outstanding candidate. Um, you know, I think it's really more than anything, it's about leadership and scaling leadership and being truly in charge of a program. And I know a lot will be made of like, well, if this candidate comes in, they're going to bring these two people as a coordinator. I don't think that's as important because – First of all, you hope if you have any sort of success, you're going to lose coordinators over time. It's much more about your process of hiring people and how are you going to go about it. You know, Mike Shanahan, a longtime great Denver Bronco head coach, had a great saying. He talked about be slow to hire and fast to fire. And I think that's a key attribute of hiring a head coach. You're hiring a CEO. You need somebody that's going to not only hire a staff, but how they're going to manage a staff. It's That's much more important than, hey, can they scheme up a red zone play or – you know, do they have a great blitz on third down? You, you're, you are truly hiring somebody that's going to impact every ounce of your program from hiring a staff, developing staff, to what kind of players you want, how you're going to develop your players, how you're going to hold them accountable, um, your style of leadership. All those things are so much more critical. So one, one thing that I guess what's interesting to me, and I agree with you, I think leadership is the most important part of this. George Payton did mention that in his press conference as well. What's interesting to me about the list, and again, you can speak to this better than I can because you you have experience with these candidates. You know, you know them better than I, I any fan can on the outside. What what do you look for in the interview process to really assess that leadership? Um, Joe, can you hear me? Okay. Yep. Okay, so, you know, it's funny. We hired Dan Campbell to be our interim head coach 
at the Miami Dolphins wound up coaching for 12 games. And that's really a good example. You kind of know it when you see it. Um, and I've worked with some of these guys. So, like, you know, with Dan Quinn, you know, you, you know it when you see it. Like, Dan's never had a bad day. And he's somebody that just oozes optimism, problem solving. And there's so much to love about, you know, Dan Quinn as a football coach. And when you talk about guys like Aaron Glenn and Kevin O'Connell, when they walk through the room, you know, they may have certain, like, different personalities, but they certainly have ways to impact others and be leaders. Um, and that's really the most important thing. Like, when you're talking about a head coach, their ability to impact others, and stylistically, it may be different. Um, and a lot of the times in an interview, Joe, we, we would th- do things called, like, behavioral-based interviewing, meaning asking them questions where they're putting us, you know, in situations where we would ask them those questions. Like, tell us when you've been able to influence the outcome or tell us the time where someone changed your mind with something, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure that they're open-minded. Uh, walk us through the process of, you know, how would you evaluate a player? How would you go about hiring somebody? So we want to put them in the actual situations where, you know, we're going to be actually, they're going to be doing the job. That makes sense. And one of the things that George Payton said in his press conference is that it's going to be important to find out the vision for offense just because the Broncos offense has kind of been what's held them back since Peyton Manning retired. And, and you already alluded to this a little bit about how kind of camp coordinators are going to kind of, if you're successful, you're going to probably lose a coordinator. So I guess I I'm curious, cause I've been wondering this since the presser, how, how important is your vision? But also like, does that conversation come up of if you lose so-and-so, then what do you do? Yep. And that's something absolutely because again that speaks to like you're you're hiring a ceo so what's going to be your process to hire your staff and what's your process to start thinking about two to three years out because any good organization has to think about two years from now three years from now um how are you going to procure you know the next group of, of you know meaningful coaches and that also goes for like and i know george does a great job of like bringing you know younger guys you know in their scouting department and what's your process to do that and how do you develop those people because you want people to work their way up through the ranks of the organization really in both scouting and coaching so those are like meaningful conversations and you're going to go back to the earlier question like how do you assess that you keep asking the whys and the hows um give me examples you know and those are all sort of like tactics to get to the answers that you need to hopefully make the best decision possible that makes sense uh and that's and again tell me if i'm crazy here but one of the things that stood out to me with the Broncos nine candidates is the fact that they're all pretty young outside. Uh, Eric bien is the oldest at 52, uh, but everybody else is younger than that. And most of them are significantly younger than that. For me, part of that looks like, at least on the outside, a lot changes in the NFL from year to year. So kind of getting to meet these guys now, even if you don't necessarily hire them as a head coach, it kind of opens the door to potentially being a, a possibility down the road for them. And for you. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And, and I have really moved away from, you know, like, hey, they should be a certain yeah. age or yeah. a certain side of the ball or, you know, I, I you know, because, you know, you can look at guys like Coach Parcells, Coach Belichick, some of the best coaches of all time. And they weren't, um, you know, from either side of the ball, like they were on the defensive side of the ball. They weren't like these young offensive guys like, Todd Bowles is another name we're going to hear a lot about. You know, Todd Bowles was a guy that played safety, been a successful head coach, just won a Super Bowl as a defensive coordinator. Um, and that doesn't mean they don't have a great 
plan for offense. You know, likewise, like Eric Bieniemy, obviously he's been standing between Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. That's going to kind of take to a guy. Wow, he probably just score a lot of points. But you would want much more to know about Coach Bieniemy's. Like again, was he? What's his program going to look like? How is he going to do all the other things we've talked about? So I think it's just more more important about being the right person, not as much about their background. That makes sense. And, and knowing, knowing that, because I agree with you, uh, but knowing that, I just have to ask just because uh, one, of, one of the kind of narratives kind of coming out of the draft, like the national narrative, is that it doesn't hurt to hire a retread head coach, somebody who's already done it. Uh, cause that experience, you know, they learned from it. They've been there, they've done it. The Broncos only have one coach on their initial nine candidate list. That was a head coach before. And that's Dan Quinn. Uh, does that strike you as odd or is that just kind of par for the course? Or is that, you know, no big deal? Well, I, I think it's also got to remember It's also the beginning of the process. So guys like Jim Caldwell, Doug Peterson, you know, uh, Todd Bowles, those guys could certainly work their way into the mix um, at some point. So, you know, just where your list begins and who you wind up hiring, that's not always the same. Yeah. Um, I do think there's something to be said for the wisdom of learning from, you know, your mistakes. I can tell you that, you know, based on my experience, I was fortunate enough. We had a lot of success early in my career where I became the GM of the Jets. I had no idea what I was doing. Like, it took me a year and a half for the day to slow down. So I can just tell you firsthand, like, these jobs, like, there is a big learning curve to yeah. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now that makes sense. And that's honestly, that is one reason why I, I feel like I'm skeptical of Dan Quinn and, and I'm not trying to badmouth him, but I, I feel like I'm skeptical of Dan Quinn just because you see some of the data about like how his offense declined in Atlanta after Kyle Shanahan left. And then you, you obviously being on social media and I know you are as well you see the stuff people talk about with the, the blown leads at the end of his tenure in Atlanta. But at the same time, he was the defensive coordinator when Seattle beat the Broncos, first of all, but also that was one of the best defenses ever. Uh, and then obviously you see what he's done in Dallas, uh, kind of turning around that franchise. So I guess knowing that you have actually, you have perspective on Dan Quinn that no one else really does having worked with him before. If he's, the head coach because it looks like he's the favorite what what can broncos country expect from dan quinn if he is hired as the head coach you know like i mentioned first of all he's like an all all world great guy like not a good guy great guy he he cares deeply about others um in a very meaningful sincere and earnest way beyond any sort of like press conference like he really invests in his people um he's a life learner very open-minded um, between his time with uh, the Falcons and the Cowboys, he spent a lot of time with us at the 33rd team, just learning, asking questions. I mean, here's a guy that was a, you know, head coach, coaching the Super Bowl, and he's hanging on every word of an intern may say. Um, there's just so much about him that is uh, really rare, and you know, I can't say enough good things about him. He'll be a head coach again, whether Denver or someplace else, and he, there's a lot to think of very, very highly of him. 
Yeah, and I know I know he already has uh, interviews lined up with four teams. So Denver looks like they, if they want Dan Quinn, they're going to probably have to stand out from the crowd. Looking at the Denver job, as if you were a candidate, what do you think? It's a good possibility, like a good job. Um, I know the ownership situation is very, looking very fluid. Um, as we hopped on, uh, the right of first refusal sale or lawsuit was just handled. The Broncos have already contacted banks about potentially selling. Uh, and I know that there could be a new owner in place by March. Uh, and then on top of that, the quarterback situation remains very fluid. Um, as a head coach, would that kind of scare you away, do you think? I don't think so because it's a one of the blue-chip franchises in the league. And if the team is sold, you know, typically a new owner is going to come in with the resources and the passion to support, you know, the organization. And there's a lot of great pieces. You know, I think George has done a very good job acquiring some really good young talent. And if, if you believe that you can get the quarterback position squared away, then um, I think it's a team that can compete quickly. And, you know, despite not having the quarterback, because it like you saw what happened, you know, last week against Kansas City, you know, that fumble really changed that game. You know, before that, to be, they had a real chance to win. And that's obviously with it. And we could have an interesting conversation about how good Drew Locke is, but I think they're, they were still competitive. Uh, it was, to me, it wasn't how Drew Locke played as much as it was that turnover. Since you mentioned Drew Locke, I just have to ask, if, if, you, if it was your decision to handle, would you give him a chance to compete for the job this coming season? I mean, I know it'll probably come down to the coach, but how would you look at this, at, at that conundrum? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to I keep him. I, and here's why. Like, look at Philadelphia and the Giants. You know, when Jalen Hurts got hurt, Gardner Minshew goes in and plays well in their season. You know, they exceed expectations. Daniel Jones gets hurt. Mike Lennon goes in, their season's over. And you can't have enough quarterbacks with a 17-game season. And look, hopefully we're on the back end of, of COVID. But in this day and age, like, you can't have enough quarterbacks. And Drew Locke's ceiling may not be as high as maybe they thought in the second round. And by the way, I liked him. I liked his basketball background at Missouri. I, I, I thought he was I thought he was going to be better than what he's played. Me but too. because he is young and he is athletic, I, I would not give up on him. Now, with that said, I would put, sit there with my feet up on the desk and say, oh, he's our star for the next 10 years. But at some point, he could be a contributing football player. Makes sense. Uh, and then since since we're on quarterback, I want I just kind of want to get your thoughts on I don't know how much you've looked ahead to this upcoming class, um, but I know kind of the general consensus is it is probably one of the weaker quarterback classes since 2013. Um, and then on top of that, I know the Broncos have been heavily linked to Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. There are continuing there. There's con, there's still reports linking them to Deshaun Watson as well. Um, so like they are going to probably aggressively pursue quarterback this offseason, but let's say they can't get anybody other than a Teddy Bridgewater type and then heading into the draft. Does it make sense to take a quarterback this year kind of with where they're at with Locke, or should they wait for a year or what, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. To all the above. I don't think you could have enough of them. And, you know, even you guys see how it plays out with the Kenny Pickett's of the world or, you know, is Jimmy Garoppolo available, but the verb I would use is scour. I would scour. I would try. I would look at James Winston. I would look at Jimmy Garoppolo me right it's patrick i would think about drafting one and i would keep drew lock because again that has to be the mindset that you know right now you're seeing so many teams like look at the cardinals they lose 
Kyler Murray for a number of games, and Cole McCoy goes wins road division games. That's the definition of a winning back quarterback, and you can't have enough of them. So I, w- I would look at all those uh, options just just for the reasons you talk about all the misses they've had since Peyton Manning's left. And I know this is a hypothetical. I, I'm just curious, where did you land on uh, the Broncos passing on Justin Fields and Mac Jones for Patrick Sertan last year? Just because that yep. same mindset, because I agree with you. Uh, and that's kind of how I approached last year's draft. Uh, and that said, I love Patrick Sertan. I I was very high on him as a prospect. And it looks like he's going to probably be an elite corner for you know the next decade. But also, quarterbacks are probably harder to find, no? Yeah, um, I, I generally agree with that. I, I like Sertan a lot. I've been taking a long look at Mac Jones. I think Mac Jones is going to be a, a good player for a long time. He may not have the ceiling of some of these others, but he, he is a good quarterback that's going to play for a long time. But look, in year one, if George Payne is going to add a guy like Patrick Sertan, you, you can't go wrong with a shutdown, high character quarterback. I want to be conscious of your time. For Broncos country, this has been a frustrating season. With a new coach, with kind of uncertainty at ownership, the, the one constant in all this is we know that George Payton will be the GM. Do you believe George Payton can get the Broncos kind of right back to where they need to be to be in the thick of things in the AFC West? Or, Oh, yeah. I don't think there's any question about that. You know, when you think about, you know, like the Raiders. Raiders were, you know, that's the team that made the playoff that wasn't Kansas City. And you say, like, boy, what's the gap between them and the Raiders? Now, look, the Chargers are probably a little bit different because I think Herbert's that special. But if they can close the gap with the Raiders, like, that that to me is, okay, so how do we get to the top seven? Because once we're in the top seven, we have a chance at a championship. And, again, I think George deserves a lot of credit because there's some real foundational pieces there. And then some pieces have gone better. Garrett Bowles went from a disappointment to he's a really good left tackle. Um and if their group comes back healthy, their their young skill players are probably one of the five best groups in the league. So I don't think this is a long turnaround at all. Gotcha. Thank you so much for your time. And again, uh, guys, if you do not follow Mike on Twitter, you need to go do it. Uh, he is at Real Tannenbaum. Real Tannenbaum. And again, check out his work at the 33rd team as well. And yeah, thank you again so much for your time. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I know uh, you're very passionate about what you do. And uh, anybody that's a fan of the sport, I like. And uh, keep up the great work.